Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome to the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Taping here on September the 21st, 2022. This will hit Saturday morning, as it always does. Your cure for your hangover, this time September the 24th. Chilly morning, probably across much of the Midwest, as fall rains its head. Go ahead, stagger into the kitchen, get that crack coffee a, a going. Couple eggs into a, a glass, a la Rocky. Oh God, <laughs> no, no! Protein, protein, protein. Fry up said <laughs> egg. Anyway, we are your choice to get over your Friday night hangover. And as always, we start off with rock and roll. What should you listen to? What should you avoid? Who should you go see? Live Who should in you not? So, of course, last Friday night, we watched The Dirty Hooks, Everclear, and Stone Temple Pilots live for Winsfield in South Bend, Indiana. I have been fortunate enough to see Stone Temple Pilots before, but not with Scott Wheeland, of course. Rest in peace. We have a thing around here. Used to have a thing around here every year before COVID called the Big Growl. Yep. Big rock and roll fest at the fairgrounds. Used to bring in five or six bands. This year they flopped it, charged more for only three, changed the venue. Not a good thing. No. I don't even think it sold out. Now, of course, when I saw STP the first time, it was at the Big Growl back when before all the the mess that Dave is talking about. So it was a great show. Um, This show that we saw could have been even better, but I get ahead of myself because we should talk about the warm-up bands, the Dirty Hooks and Everclear first. Dirty Hooks, new up-and-coming band out of Vegas. Not bad. We got half an hour from the Dirty Hooks. I don't think they knew they were done. Yeah, they they thought they had one more song to go when they were told, nope, finito. Nope, which was stupid because the whole show... Oh my God! It was, was not inept. run nearly as well as any show we've seen in the last five years. We should have known things were not going to go smoothly when all the pre-music in between was all covers. Yeah, the, I don't know if it was the management, the owners of Four Winds Field. Or if it was the promoters of the concert. But, yeah, they played a lot of classic rock songs, as, of course, anybody out there who's ever gone to a concert knows. They play the classic stuff to fire you up. Some old ACDC, some old Zeppelin, some old Van Halen. Old Kiss. And every, like Dave said, every single song was a blatant cover tune of one of those classic songs. Yeah. So somebody was trying to cut corners and save money. Yeah. It was it was kind of cheesy and bad. Yeah. And then on top of that, we are used to these well-oiled machines that the bigger bands have been putting out there here over the last four or five years. 
yeah. where you've you, got a drum kit set up right behind the other drum kit, another drum uh, kit set up right behind that drum kit on a triple bill. So you right. move the one e- out, even even hook if up the they're speakers. not set back to back to back like that, it's oil, well oiled enough that within there should be a fifteen minute turnaround for the setup. Every one of these turnaround times between the dirty looks, the, the dirty, dirty hooks, hooks to Everclear to SDP, half, half an hour minimum, yeah. which is not acceptable. No, that was absolutely insane to right. have have to wait a half hour between sets. Now, I agree with Dave. Uh, the dirty hooks were pretty good. I thought they were all right. Um Kind of had, and I, I don't know if I'm just saying this because they had a female drummer, kind of had a White Stripes vibe to them a little bit. A little bit. Um, but they were good. They, definitely not the worst opening band I've ever seen. No, no. And we've, we've seen some awful ones this year. Yeah. I would say they were they were solid. Yeah, not a bad solid opening opening act. Now, Everclear, I was hoping would redeem themselves after I saw them last year on the Summerlin tour with Hoobastank, Weedus, Living Color. Uh, saw that with my daughter last summer, right when the COVID restrictions were getting lifted. And Everclear was the quote-unquote headliner. <clears throat> and I was not overly impressed. We left early because they really didn't have a lot of energy. Stayed for about half their set. We were really more there for Living Color. Right. So I was hoping maybe this will be like the old Everclear, which I saw way, way back, opening up for Matchbox 20 about 20, 25 years ago, where Art Alexakis was running through the the crowd with a wireless guitar <clears throat> full of energy. The band was fantastic the first time I saw them. So this was kind of like the, the third deciding <clears throat> vote. What are they? Unfortunately, they were the band I saw last year. Yeah. And we got the explanation why. So their their lead singer there said that he's got MS, which tended to explain the poor vocals, the full lack of energy. And still, he played a mean guitar, but you could tell the vocals are shot completely and it, it it was rough to listen to yeah um and but again the other thing that i look back at with everclear is that they might be one of those bands that i look on a little bit more fondly from the 90s and the early 2000s than i should probably Whereas STP deserves their status as one of the top four or five bands of the grunge era. As I listen to Everclear go through their catalog until they got to Santa Monica, which is Santa Monica is their, yeah, their epic song that, that is their claim. Yeah. About halfway through the set, I was going to tap you on the shoulder and go, dude, when do we get to watch the world die? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know. Because it was getting a little long, a little bit tedious. They did seem to pick up a little bit of momentum towards the end, a little bit of a energy. A little and steam, bit. But overall, 
Disappointing. Eh, very. Disappointing. And then we move on to the headliner of the night, Stone Temple Pilots. Of Ugh. course, the three original members behind the lead singer. Of course, Scott Wheeland has passed. New lead singers come in. Very good. He's almost a clone of Wheeland, but he's just different enough. Just different enough to put his own vibe to everything, but it's still rock solid. Yep. They played the one one single off of the full-length album that they put out in the new incarnation, Meadow. But everything else was the old school STP stuff that we wanted. Yeah, had 14 songs, about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes. Um, boy, they sounded good, though. Compared they did. to when I saw them at the Big Growl, I think this was even better, and I loved them back then. Main reason why is because my favorite song is Plush. <laughs> they and we played first half at the, the Big Growl acoustically. And then ah. kicked in in the second half. We got the full-on version here. Yeah. Which is what I wanted. Yeah, we got plush in its glory. Yes. But, yeah, the, I mean, you, come on. You can't argue with starting out with Wicked Garden. Right. No, the, the, the set list was near perfect. Again, Creep was the one that was missing that I thought we should have gotten that we didn't. I know that didn't break your heart. No, not really, but that's Even okay. Even though I loved how Mrs. C told you, it's not Radiohead's Creek. I Dave. know it's not Radiohead's <laughs> Creek, but still, it's not one of my favorites. But it, they played everything else you would have expected, including a couple deeper tracks like uh, Silver Gun Superman and Piece of Pie. Piece of Pie is awesome because that is off their first album. Core, which I think is one of the greatest albums ever put out. Yeah. And they played no. about half of that. No, STP's music has really held up well. I mean, it's just, you think 90s, you're a grunge. It's the blah, 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 that you would get from Nirvana or that you would get from Pearl Jam. But two bands that have really stood the test of time that rock it out from that era, to me, Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains. Yep, agree completely. Agree completely. Um, a lot of people look at that era, like you were saying, and they say the holy trinity of grunge is Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Soundgarden. And then STP and Alice in Chains kind of fall Blah. along with maybe Bush in that next level. Whereas I, you know, I'm with you on Nirvana. I can't stand Nirvana. I don't care about the legend of Kurt Cobain. They were the not that The best thing good. that happened was we got the Foo Fighters out of that. Now, I love Soundgarden. So Soundgarden Soundgarden's to me, I'm okay. But to me, Nirvana and Pearl Jam just <laughs> bye bye. I can I can tolerate Pearl Jam, but now if you ask me to rank my favorites from the grunge era, STP is going to be up close to the top. They're either going to be one A with Soundgarden, or it's going to be one A, one B, one C with Alice in Chains. I love those three more yeah. than I love Nirvana. And so Pearl I would Jam. go Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, 
and the rest. And the rest. That being said, if you get a chance, check out Stone Temple Pilots in concert, even with the new lead singer. They are fantastic. Very good. I have to give it three and a half frenzies. I just the overall show. No, no, just STP. STP. Just STP. STP. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. The overall show would not get three and a half. I have to separate this. Yeah, STP gets three and a half for sure. They were on. They sounded fantastic. The 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 show as a whole, I would give it a week three, because Everclear really didn't do a lot for me. No, I give I give ever the Dirty Hooks credit. For holding up their end of the deal, yeah. But I think Everclear, kind Everclear of brought it all down, sagged in the middle, yeah. But yeah, STP definitely three and a half frenzies. Yes, great, if great you show get from to them. see them, please do. Yep, so worthwhile. All right, moving on. We have a unique <laughs> review this week. They haven't done this before. It's something a little different. Shall we start with it? Of course. Of course, Sammy Hagar in the circle. The new album, Crazy Times, coming out here a week from Friday. As this drops, six days from Saturday, the 24th. The long-awaited Crazy Times. Third single. A little familiar. Sounded a little familiar. Sounded a little familiar. Why is that? Funky Feng Shui was actually... A, a thought, an idea, a song fragment that they put out on their Lockdown 2020 album, which, if you guys checked it out, very short album, barely half an hour. Yep. Mostly cover songs, not even full songs. No. And as described in Funky Fang Shui, because Lockdown, it was a little over a minute. Right. And it's a little over two minutes. And crazy times. Right. So they added a little bit extra. Very intriguing. I here's my problem with it. <sighs> it's it doesn't it doesn't go from the idea, number one, that they had with lockdown to a fully formed song. No, it, they basically added about 30, 40 seconds of instrumental stuff towards the end. Yeah. They, they still didn't make it a full song. That's what frustrates me, number one, is that there's a great song in there. That's a great song It's a idea. great song. It's there, but they missed it in both counts. Yes. Yes, they did. I agree completely. Now, here's the other thing I don't understand. When you look back at the lockdown version, the lockdown 2020 version, they the chorus... Sammy sings, that's some funky fang shui. Yeah. And then on the newer version, for it's some funky, reason, funky. it's a funky, funky thing. Yeah. He sings, it's a, it's I don't a understand. Funky, funky. Why, wouldn't why? You why? Stick, why wouldn't you stick with funky fang shui sounds cooler it than does. going to funky, 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 funky thing. It doesn't work if you're keeping the title. Now, the vocals in lockdown was smoother. I agree. I agree completely. I agree and completely. Because crazy times, it's almost like a jam session where they're just kind of hashing it out, trying to get a feel for it. Again. Whereas lockdown was more polished. Right. Even though it was only it like was you shorter, said, a little over a minute. It was shorter, but it was a more polished version. I completely agree with you. Completely agree. But again, 
you're talking about a little over a minute and a little over two minutes. Neither one is a fully formed song, but no. the first version sounded like it was closer to being a fully formed yes. idea. Again, the chorus was cooler when he was singing Funky Feng Shui. And then, like you said, more polished, tighter. Yeah. It, yeah. The, the crazy got... times just, oh, let's just throw it on there. Yeah, it's not terrible, but it's not as good as like the you lockdown. Said, Dave, the lockdown, even just as a nugget, as an idea, as a fragment of a song, tighter, cleaner, little more energy, little bit more polished yes. than the version you're getting on crazy times. Again, not a fully formed song, so I can't really give can't it really a, a great review. It? I'll say two and a half frenzies for the original version and a two for the crazy times version. I agree. There you go. But again, it's, it's, it's not a full song. Flesh it out for the love of God. You've got a solid song in here. And the other thing that worries me is if this is the third single, yeah. after the second single was a remake of Elvis Costello. What the hell are we getting? Uh, we'll find out next Friday. I'm kind of scared. Yeah, me too. But it, you should be even more scared because at least I love the title track. You didn't even like the I title track as much as me. Overly wild, but we'll see. All right. Let's do a song from our long lost friends in Nickelback. San Quentin. Where it seems like you and I are the only two people in the world that love them, which is not true because they sell millions and millions of records. But if you listen to the rock and roll press, you listen to the haters out there. Everybody bags on Nickelback. Yet they sell millions and millions of records every time. And they time. sell out their shows. Huh. So the new album, coming out here in a couple months, Get Rolling, coming out November, the first single is San Quentin. I liked it. I was intrigued by this one. It, it's, it definitely has that Nickelback sound. You get into it, it's like, I almost felt like I've heard this before. This is an aperitif. I think that's what this served. This is just like you said. Hey, we're back. We're back. You missed Hello. us. We're back. Got my pencil. Give me something to write on, man. I think that's what this is. I think this is a clarion call saying, we have been gone for a while. We were supposed to go out on tour with COVID. Dave and I. Yeah, we tickets. got screwed, we you bastards. See, we were ironically supposed to see. Stone Temple Pilots open for Nickelback. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> so now we're reviewing an STP concert and reviewing the first new Nickelback <sighs> song since the lockdown, since COVID hit. Ironic, crazy times. Yeah. I like this. I just, I, I liked it. I'm not going to say it's song of the year, but again. It, it's a nice rocking tune that gets you back into the Nickelback frame of mind. Lyrically, it's nothing special. It's, it's typical. It, it's what typical you get. party it's, lyrics. Yeah. A little bit of danger. You yeah. Know? It, it's got a decent little chorus. The chorus is the weak part for me. The the, the chorus is just, it's just, just keep yeah. me out of San Quentin. Keep yeah. me out of San It's. I wasn't wild about the lyrics, 
See, the lyrics necessarily. I, liked. I thought the lyrics were eh, fine. Typical Nickelback. So Chad Kroger can actually add that little twist of ironic menace to the, the that he makes Nickelback sound I a like little his bit vocal. darker and more dangerous. His than they vocals, are. I love his vocals. They add that he's got that edge to it that he lends, which makes it gives puts it over the top. But I'm giving it three frenzies. I think it's it's solid. Definitely good song to start off. Who's going to go strong two and a half week three? There you go. I go strong three. So I liked it a little bit more. A little bit you. more, but it, it it's it gives me hope for a solid album. Right. Right. And as we've been reviewing a lot of this stuff over the summer, we've, we've been we've talking been about burned. the second single is going to be the key. This, 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 this gives me more hope than some of the others we've had. Right. This is fine for the first. Let's, Let's see what, see the what second two is. brings us. It's got a nice beat, Dick, but I really can't dance to it. <laughs> oh, it's got a good beat. I can dance to it. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to actually flip that theory we just exposed here on its head because now we go to the third single from Alter Bridge's upcoming album, Pawns and Kings, and I'm going to say, this is the one I've been waiting for from Alter Bridge. Sin After Sin? Sin After Sin is the song I've been waiting for. This one... I love the title track. It's, I've grown on, it's grown on me. Then the second, you know... Silver Tongue, grown on me a little bit. This is the song I've been this waiting one, for. This one, I freaking loved the drum intro to this one. I loved that. Tremonti's guitar hook is very, very intricate, very tricky. Yeah. I just did the, the drum beat intro, the guitar hook coming into it. Oh this my God. is the song I've been waiting for from Alter Bridge on this album. This gives me hope. We've talked about it's got to be in the first two singles. Well, here we go. Third it's single. The third does it, one hits does it, it here. Loved this one. Three and a half frenzies. This is by far the best of the three to come off Pawns and Kings so Absolutely far. Absolutely agree. Great. Love great this song. One. This is Ultra Bridge at their finest. This is what I wanted to hear. Now I have hope when now, the album comes out now, next month. Fingers crossed. We yep. get what we get. Yep. Very, very cool. Now, for our final song review, Leap of Faith, something that I heard that I, I said, let's check this out, Dave. <laughs> I haven't heard from one of my favorite bands, The Hives, in a long time. So you've I found, stumbled upon. Found somebody through Spotify, started playing this song after... I'd been listening to, I don't know if it was Alter Bridge or whatever it was, bled into a song by Royal Republic called Digging It. And I was like, holy crap, this sounds just like the hives. Yeah. Th this, this is a nice little party song. Yes. This is one that you can just throw on and just kind of bounce around, dance to, grab your beer from the keg down at whatever bash you're at, and bounce around to it. Yes, and that's how I, when I heard this, it was infectious. It was like, oh my God, yeah, this is a party tune. This is a cool, cool-ass party tune. 
again, reminding me of The Hives. Yeah. One of my favorite party bands of all time. I have no idea who Royal Republic is. I know they're from overseas in Europe, yeah. just like the hives. the hives. No, I enjoyed this one. This one was a solid three. Yeah, I agree completely. This is a three frenzies. Check out Royal Republic. They've been we, around for a while. We may have to delve into a little bit more. Yeah, they've been around. This was the only newer song that's out there. All their other stuff is older. So, yeah, we might have to. But we have never listened to them before. Ergo, <laughs> we can go to an older album to review. We can find a loophole. I think I just did. <laughs> if we have to do story they time are with new, music. <laughs> they are new to us, so they are on the list. Well, I'm just glad you enjoyed it because when I, I heard did, it, I'm listening, I'm like, oh, 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 hell yeah. I'm yes. just bouncing around to it, hit repeat, bouncing around, hit repeat. Yes, very, very cool. It's song. very it's very infectious. Yes. Yes. It doesn't have the the depth of Dostoevsky, but no. it's, it's just... and let's face it, for music, we want to enjoy it for something like this. Catchy and fun. Boom. First. Upbeat. Catchy and fun first. That's right. So lots of positive stuff here this week when it comes to music. Go you figure. Know? We needed this. Yes. So, Royal Republic, Sin After Sin from Alter Bridge. San Quentin Nickelback. You can listen to Funky Feng Shui. It doesn't take that long. No. <laughs> no. Within three minutes, you can listen to both versions. Yep. And pull out STP's old Greatest Hits CD. Thank you. You'll love it. Yep. And it's go all see good. him in concert. All right. Next week. Dave and I are going to try to review not only Billy Idol's new EP, The Cage, four new songs. We're going to listen to one of the new songs on the expanded edition of, I don't know how Wolfie can already put out an expanded <sighs> edition of his first album, but he is. Come on, Wolfie. How about you work on a new album? I think it's about time. But we've got an expanded deluxe edition of Mammoth WVH coming out here in a few weeks. One of the songs, Talk is, and Walk, Talk and Walk, was a bonus track on the Japanese original Mammoth WVH release. Now it's going to be on the deluxe American release, <clears throat> so we'll review that. You're killing us, Wolfie. Second single. Off Bush's upcoming album, The Art of Survival, is Heavy is the Ocean. We're going to review that and as a bonus, try to review the lost album from The Smithereens, an album they put together between record label deals. They were going to go out on their own and had this one ready when they signed a new deal. So this one has been kept under wraps, never before released, coming out Friday. We will review it if we have the time, if not this coming week, for sure, in the next few weeks after that, because we've got Sammy Hagar in the circle coming out on the 30th with Crazy Times. You know we're going to review that. Lots All of sorts stuff. of stuff. Next month, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers in concert. Judas Priest and Queensryche in concert. We Good got you Lord. covered, kids. 
we have got possible Steel Panther at the end of the month. Yes, end of November. End of November for that one. Jackal family reunion. So we will have you covered on the music front throughout the rest of the year through the holiday season. Don't worry. Rock and roll is here to stay on Sports Frenzy 2.0. That being said, Dave and I actually indulged. We went to see a Fathom Events movie. Yes, yes, we did. And once you hear which one it is, you will understand why. And we have the full epic blowdown for you. That's right. We went to see Kevin Smith's Clerks 3. We'll take up almost the entire film review segment to discuss the final chapter in the Jersey Trilogy, the Clerks Trilogy, whatever he wants to call it, whatever we want to call it. It was awesome. Yes, yes, it was. Hang on, kids. Quick promo, and we'll be right back. In the fortress of solitary justice, two brave men hold the fate of the sports world in their hands. With the utterance of a single word, FRENZY! These seemingly ordinary men become the maestro and the conquistador, destined to save the world from stupidity on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and all noble podcast hosts everywhere. Dave and Kev stand for truth, justice, and the frenzy way. Movies, movies, movies. It's cinema time with Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the Conquistador. I'm the Maestro. And here we are recording September 21st. This will hit Saturday morning, September 24th on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! Check out the Facebook page. Most of that stuff's really about sports, but there's always a link on the Facebook page to find the weekend edition. That's right. Check out the sports edition. We do not disappoint. Every Thursday morning. So, as the maestro alluded to, we went to the Fathom Event Special, Clerks 3. First time I've ever, ever done that. Yeah, I've never shelled out the extra for a Fathom event. Yeah, I'm not getting suckered in to pay $15 to see Jaws on the big screen. Something that I've seen a million times already. Right. There's movies coming out that I've seen on the big screen before for three bucks when they first came out. I'm not paying almost 12 to see it again. And right now, that's all Hollywood wants to do because they keep blaming COVID for production delays. So we're getting Avatar. This weekend, the re-release of Avatar, as I mentioned, we've seen Jaws re-released, Rogue One came out recently. And as we've always complained, Hollywood has no new damn ideas and can't get out of their own way. No, but they won't put Confess Fletch out in, what, a couple hundred screens, nowhere around here. Yeah, come on. But you make us wait until the end of next month to watch it on Showtime. Absolutely stupid. There's no reason you couldn't have put Confess Fletch out on a wide release. Yeah, it should have been a national release. Come on. 
Going back. Clerks 3. The end of our beloved trilogy. Dante. Dave and I, Dave and I Randall. Have been Clerks fans forever. Going all the way back to the original. The black and white years. Ugh. We saw Clerks 2 in the theater together on a sports frenzy movie night out. So, of course, we had to go to the theater to see Clerks 3. Right. Of course, only playing last week, Tuesday night, Thursday night, and I believe they added a show Friday night. Otherwise, it was all Kevin Smith doing his kind of road show deal, taking the movie out with him and yep. Jason Mewes. My buddy and his wife were going to go up to Kalamazoo for it, but they wound up getting tickets to the Notre Dame-Stanford game for that day instead. Now, you and I have seen Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. We have. Very entertaining. I like to think I am a Kevin Smith fanatic. I, I've seen all his movies. I have a couple of his books. Um. Uh, I just ordered. You've even a, seen a, Jersey Girl, Dave. Don't don't dis, <laughs> don't disparage me like that. Don't don't do that to me. Okay, I do have limits. <laughs> I do have standards. Okay, what next? You're gonna ask me if I've seen Jiggly? <laughs> God, no, I have not watched Jersey Girl. I barely got through Cop Out, the one that he directed God, that but was... didn't write. With Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. Yeah, some some things are better left on the cutting room floor. I stick with the View Askew universe. That's right. Your clerks. Jay and Silent Bob. Mall rats. Dogma. Even chasing Amy. I will give you that one. Even as, as I feel it about was. that one. Yeah. But Kevin Smith is one of the few original voices that we have left in the movies. And that's why we enjoy his cinematic exploits so much. For better or for worse. Most often, for better. For better. He is one of those few people out there in Hollywood that actually has mastered the art of dialogue. He actually understands how to make people talk to keep the audience engaged, to keep them laughing, to keep them entertained, to keep them interested. There's not a lot of pretentiousness here. No, it's actual conversations that friends would have with each other. Pop culture references, morning, noon, and night, which... It's what normal what, people do. What do you do when you get together with your friends? You talk about what movies have you watched lately? What TV shows have you watched lately? And what, it's a competition. How many damn movies can you quote? <laughs> How many quotes can you get into a conversation? Now, of course, Clerks 3 gets a little meta because it's a movie within a movie and of course, the movie that's in the movie is the first movie, right. technically, in the series. As we see Randall Face, suffer a heart attack. Facing death, has his brush and decides he needs to tell his story. Which ironically ends up being the story from Clerks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so to get trying to get everybody back from that first go round, the second go round, retelling from his perspective, telling his tale. But of course, that leads to friction with Dante because Dante all of a sudden feels like, wait a minute, this is my life right. that you're telling. Right. So how about you treat me like an equal here instead yeah. of treating me like a, you know, you go run errands for me. You find money for me to finance my film, you know. Because I had a heart attack and almost died. So you have to help me do this playing the guilt card and of course Ugh. most of the references in the movie are clerks one and clerks two there are references to dogma mall rats which is probably the funniest one oh if not <laughs> if not the funniest one of the top three oh my we're god not that gonna, was we're, not, we're gonna not gonna spoil it but oh god yeah the cameos of course it's yeah there there were some people left that did not make it that's what i was just going to say is that we talked about we got a lot things. of cameos but there were so many people who did not make it well i will i this is not a spoiler i don't care i was disappointed that jason lee was not in this jason yeah. lee as integral of a part as he was in a lot of these movies, Mall Rats, Rats chasing, chasing Amy, Dogma. For him not to be in this, I wonder what's going on with him because we haven't seen anything from him in a long, long time. Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah, he was the one part, the one really, really major person from the View universe that was not in this. That worried me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that he is the one guy that I thought for sure we would, would have, have seen. to be in this. He would have to be in this. Yeah. And we did not get him. Nope. Now, outside of that, we did get Snowball. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, we're not going to spoil anything for you, but it's the last 20 minutes of the movie are heavy. Yeah, it, it's not your typical Kevin Smith comedy. It really kind of makes you sit back and think. But it's fitting. It's appropriate. it's appropriate. It's well done. It is how this should have ended. Yeah, it, it like yeah, it's it's definitely the fitting end to the Clerks saga. I, I don't think you could have ended in any other way with everything that you got from Clerks, Clerks 2. Oh, and by here. the way, we need to give props to Elias. <laughs> the character they brought in oh, in God. Clerks 2. And I remember Dave and I watched that movie and we were kind of a little bit Elias, puzzled really? by the new characters they brought in with Rosario Dawson and then Elias. But both featured prominently from their roles in two into three. 
And Elias just takes it over the top. Elias might be the funniest character in Clerks 3. Believe it or yeah, not. Even he, he is the funniest. If you've seen Clerks 2. And you don't need any lube. He's like the straight guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the straight guy in Clerks 2. Here, he takes it over. He's, he has a lot of funny He is the over-the-top character. Yeah. Comes into his own, not only for as an actor, but bringing the character to life, becoming yeah, kudos because an integral part of the film. Kevin Smith wrote this role for Elias in Clerks Three, obviously for him to assume a mantle, a mantle. Let's a say mantle. That. Yes, I won't say what mantle, but he he brings him to a place of prominence own, with his own little personal Silent Bob. <laughs> And of course, yes, Jay and Silent Bob are there. Yep, in full oh force. Oh my god! Um, it's just, and of course, they've taken over the video store next door. <laughs> Which R-S-T-T-H-C. of course, THC. <laughs> there you go. So now it's a what, pot store. Which you would expect nothing less from Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> but you still got hockey on the roof. Ah, uh, yeah. I assure you, you will not be disappointed. Stick around. Well, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. I don't know what Kevin Smith is doing with the the roadshow version of the movie, but at least with the Fathom Events showings, and he I'm gave sure a be nice intro before and, it started, and then kind of a thank you to everybody for coming out and supporting him through the years and then after kind of a wrap up and they did some interviews with the cast. Yeah. You kind of got like a little bonus Blu-ray thing yeah. at the end of the movie. Uh, I was going to say stick around for that, but obviously with the limited release, I don't think that matters anymore, but it's about 15, 20 minutes making a nice tidy, almost two hour experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, where everybody got a, a few minutes to discuss how they felt about their place in Kevin Smith's little universe. And of course, the best part of that was showing the owners at the quick stop. Yeah. The actual owners who let Kevin Smith take over this place again. Yeah. It was the 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 owner of the quick stop who hired him. As a clerk there is one of his first jobs. And then allowed him to film clerks originally there. And then to come back to finish up three, shutting the store down for two weeks. And his son, I think now, his son is the owner. Yeah. But of course, he brought all of them in. Yeah. The original owner, his yeah, wife, and the really son. really cool that they allowed them to use the quick stop, the video store, that little strip mall bringing it back to conclusion. And you can tell Dave and I normally don't talk this much about a movie, but that's how important this clerks series has been to us along with Jay and silent Bob striking back Jay and silent Bob reboot. The this- mall rats, dogma, all the characters, all the actors that he's brought in. All the lines that he and I still quote 30 years now after the fact. And lines that we heard in Clerks 3 that we're going to be quoting (laughs) 
hopefully for another 30 years. <laughs> As Dave's already given you the one about lube. <laughs> but it's oh. we're cynical. You know this. You listen to this podcast. Dave and I are very cynical. We're very hard to please when it comes to books, movies, music. We expect greatness. If we don't do our best for you, we feel like we failed. But we expect that out of all the people that try to entertain us on we the nights we're standards. not recording. And Kevin Smith has been the go-to guy for the most part. There have been a couple almost, of clunkers here and there along the way, but everybody has those. But we know when we see Kevin Smith's name on a movie, considering the stops and the starts, how many times? Oh, Mallrats 2. When's Mallrats 2 coming out, right? We waited for Mallrats 2 forever. We're not Stopping and it. starting with Clerks 3. And then we finally got yeah, Clerks 3. The confirmation that it was going to get done. Again, if you have not treated yourself to any of these movies, take a weekend, take a week, watch them all. I will say, wait until Clerks 3 is out on DVD. Or streaming or somewhere. Or streaming somewhere. And then do all three. Do them back to back to back. And again, there are references to Dogma. There are references to Mallrats. So, you know, scratch what I said about going back to back to back. You got to watch them. Oh, I thought you were going to say go ass to mouth. You never go <laughs> ass to mouth. Unless you're in a serious relationship, then it's okay. Or it's a celebrity. <laughs> watch them in chronological order. That That's what you actually need to do because the references from one to the other, the characters roaming in and out. Yeah. But you don't have to watch Jersey Girl. <laughs> no. You can skip Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl would put you in a very uncomfortable place, like the backseat of a Volkswagen. <laughs> skip Jersey Girl. Skip, skip Cop Out. Skip Geely. Well, that's not really his. I know. But, but still. it was Ben Affleck, so I figured. You got to throw it in there. Yeah, knock him down a couple notches. That's exactly. <laughs> that egotistical bastard. <laughs> but no. You guys look them up on IMDb. You'll know which ones to watch. Yeah. yeah, don't do Jersey Girl. Don't do Cop Out. But Red State, stay away from Red. Stay away from Tusk. Yeah, he's, he's had some movies out there outside of this universe that he's created. IMDb it. You will know if he's in it with Jason Mewes. Look those up and go there in go. order. That's the best way. Perfect. If Jay and Silent Bob are in the movie, that you got to watch. And then put them in order, watch them, and you will not be disappointed. Nope, you'll wonder, where does he get these wonderful toys? <laughs> <laughs> Clerks 3 gets three and a half frenzies for me. Three and a half frenzies for me as well. It's still not as good as Bullet Train this year. <laughs> Second best movie of 2022. Bullet Train's better. Uh, Sorry, Kevin. Bullet Train's better. And we've watched some clunkers this year. Oh, God. Oh, have we? Oh, have we? 
We're going to hold off. We promised last week vengeance. No, no, not in the biblical sense, the movie. Next week. Next week. We're going to give you vengeance next week because we really didn't have a movie lined up for next week. No. So we're just going to push vengeance off till next week. BJ Novak's. Yep. Direct. I, I will have time because the basement is almost oh, there to the you go. point There's of your completion. weekly basement update from the Conquistador. My <laughs> labor of love. <laughs> weekly basement update from Dave. The floor is getting epoxied on Monday. As you're listening to this, I am finishing off the ceiling. <laughs> he is very proud of his work, and he's rightfully proud of his work. It will be epic. That's right. All right, a couple little tidbits here to wrap up the movie segment, and then we'll move on to TV and streaming, dumbasses and moments of silence. I do have to share Tim Allen's joke with everybody. <laughs> it's gone viral. Just because not viral, viral. I feel bad about Disney keeping him out of the Buzz Lightyear prequel. You know, acting like, well, we didn't really want to use him because it was a younger Buzz Lightyear when they Bull really crap. when they really were saying we don't like his politics. We prefer Snowflake Chris Evans to do the voice of Buzz Lightyear. And of course the movie tanked. Of course it did. Tim Allen comes out and says, Hey, I heard Joe Biden did an interview with 60 minutes this week. The first question he asked was how long's the show? But bump. <laughs> and of course, everybody's giving him a hard, Oh, you can't do that. You washed up heads, man. How dare you say that? funny. He's it's an old man. Funny. He's an old man. Then he shouldn't be running the country. Don't normally talk about Broadway. How about this? A little curveball to wrap up segment two. A little curveball. I have to. I have to bring this up. This is impressive. The 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 impressive 35-year run. Phantom of the Opera. Closing on Broadway, February the 18th, 2023, as Dave mentioned, 35-year run. That's coming crazy. To an end. I mean, to keep that one play, that one show going for 35 years. Understudy after changes, understudy, change after change. To be able to sell enough tickets for 35 years to keep it going is amazing to me. Yeah. Amazing I, to me. That's incredible. So it's going to be a sad day on Broadway in February when the Phantom of the Opera finally closes up. So you might not think we're very cultured going from Kevin Smith to Broadway. See, now I would have thought Les Mis would have been the one that would have kept going and going and going. You never know. Nope. I know Dave really doesn't care about this one way or the other, but a lot of people interested <clears throat> because of Cobra Kai, very popular show on Netflix, keeping the Karate Kid 
legacy going, but they've announced there is a new Karate Kid movie coming out. Oh, God. Nobody knows what it's going to have to do with past Karate Kid movies. Is it another reboot? God, please say it's not another reboot. All I can tell you is they asked the creators, the producers of Cobra Kai, if they have been approached about those characters being in it, and they say, nope, 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 nope. That doesn't mean they're eventually God, the not Smith kid be. isn't going to Japan now, is he? There is no mention of Jaden Smith being in this. I don't know if Hillary Swank. I don't know if Ralph Macchio. I don't know what Karate Kid we're talking about here. Oh, Lord have mercy. Again. But again, Hollywood uh, has got to bleed every franchise and every idea dry, wring it of every last ounce of blood and money that they can. Leaving it with no respect from any of the original fans. I'm just waiting. When are they going to remake Jaws? Oh, God. Oh, God. That is like one of those movies that you... That should be an untouchable. But you know they're going to do it at some point. Somebody is going to say we can do the special effects better. You know somebody's going to say that. Even though the cheesy special effects were what made... Just like American it's... Werewolf in London. Those two movies, Jaws and American Werewolf in London, used real plastic rubber prosthetics and props and creatures to create cheesy yet effective visual They were the effects. most realistic stuff you had at the time. There is nothing you're going to be able to do to duplicate Bruce, the shark in Jaws, or the, the snout popping out in American Werewolf yep. in London, David Naughton turning into a werewolf, <clears throat> one of the greatest scenes in movie history. Yep. They're... That is, those are two un, should be untouchables, but you know at some point Hollywood is going to desecrate them. Because that's what they do. That's what they do. One final segment coming up, kids. Some TV and streaming, some general little nuggets, tidbits. Might have to play dumbass or not with Dave. Potentially. I've got one flat out dumbass. That has to be brought up. So you do not want to miss that. So stay tuned. We promise we will not be the devil's concubine. <laughs> Where's my mayo? <laughs> we'll be right back. When the mindless zombies at the major sports networks won't leave you alone. When the forces of evil on local sports radio have you cornered, load up the boomstick known as Sports Frenzy 2.0. Available on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio, Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. Kevin Dave will drive the dull and boring voices in your head away and offer you the sports salvation you need. New episodes drop every Thursday, and don't forget the weekend edition every Saturday. 
where the maestro and the conquistador might just review your favorite horror flick. Sports Frenzy 2.0. It's groovy. Hey, kids, welcome back. Time to wrap things up on the weekend edition Sports Frenzy 2.0. We're having a blast here. Talking about Stone Temple Pilots. Talking about Clerks 3. Now we're going to talk about some TV and streaming and some dumbasses. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Not a lot to talk about in TV and streaming, but I do want to bring up one great, great show that I just finished up on Freebie. I'm not going to do spoilers because I know Dave wants to watch it at some point. We talk about Kevin Smith, of course, in the last segment. Another guy who's created his own type of universe of characters on television is Greg Garcia. Now, Greg Garcia is responsible for <laughs> My Name is Earl with Jason Lee, yep. who we were heaping praise upon in the last segment. Raising hope. And, of course, now on Freebie is Sprung. Nine episodes just finished up. I don't know if there's going to be a second season. Number one, I have not heard any renewal news. Number two, the way the show is written, one season might be it. But it brings back characters, actors <clears throat> from Raising Hope, Garrett Dillahunt, Martha Plimpton, of course. This fits perfectly into the universe that Greg Garcia has created. Now, of course, different characters, same actors. You know, Plimpton yeah. and Dillahunt can't play the same characters, right. married characters they were in Raising Hope. Very different attitude they're taking towards these two, and now they may they basically make Plimpton to be a much older woman compared to Dillahunt, even though they're the same age, roughly the same roughly age. And of course, they were married in raising, in raising hope. hope. Now, Sprung revolves around Dillahunt's character and his cellmate getting released from prison a couple years ago due to COVID. Since they're nonviolent offenders, <laughs> they get released out into the world. And Dillahunt has been in as a drug dealer, even though all he did was sell marijuana. Back when he sold marijuana, there was mandatory minimum sentences. So he spent over 20 years in prison for selling pot. So everything has changed around him. Cell phones, everything is different. So, of course, luckily his not-so-bright cellmate invites him to stay for a while <clears throat> with his mom and him, his mom being, being Martha Plimpton. Plimpton. Meanwhile, he's been having a toilet affair with a female cellmate as they've been talking through a toilet, flirting. <laughs> and, of course, Dillahunt told her he was a lot younger and a lot more muscular. <laughs> she ends up jumping in here. So the four of them all end up living together. Oh, Lord. Then we bring in Wiggles, the stripper. We bring in her boyfriend in a plot to steal Priceless artwork from a corrupt 
member of Congress. <laughs> and of course, the typical Greg Garcia hijinks ensue. The very, very God. funny lines you've got to pay attention to because they they're will, very subtle when they he will writes them. pass you right by and you will not realize it until like five minutes like, later. Go that wait was freaking a hysterical. I what didn't catch the hell? that. Rewind. Yep. Unbelievably funny. Um, again, sad that it looks like it's only going to be one season because I don't know. There's possibility. They could write it a season two in potentially, but, but this looks like one where it's just a one and done based on how it ended. Um, not like Clerks Three ended, okay? <laughs> not a final, <clears throat> but, final, but but it is well worth it. it. Is definitely great, funny, hysterical. You got to go through the ads on Freebie. That's deal okay. With it. This is a three and a half frenzies for me. Nice. Now, I only have one thing to say about about and to Mr. Garcia. Where the hell is our finale for My Name is Earl? Damn it. Well, again, this could go back to what we were talking about with the Kevin Smith. Where's movies. Jason Lee? Who knows where Jason Lee is? Is he okay? Should we start putting his face on milk cartons? We may have to. Maybe Posters we, on maybe we have poles. to put it on kites. <laughs> maybe we need to launch NFT kites <laughs> with Jason Lee's picture. Oh. <laughs> so you guys are going to have to go back through this podcast episode to catch all the lines that Dave's been throwing at you from Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> But Sprung, definitely worth watching. I might watch it again. That's how good it is. All right. Especially since it's only nine <laughs> episodes. You know, with My Name is Earl and Raising Hope, I got multiple seasons to go through. Not saying they're not phenomenal, but a lot more time and effort to put in. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. If you if you go on My Name is Earl, <laughs> you really only have to watch Cops of Camden County <laughs> to get the full effect. All right. One of those shows that everybody says is great. That I think Dave and I both started to watch and we really didn't follow through would be The Terminal List with Chris Pratt on Amazon. Yeah, we're two episodes in and it's good. But... It just doesn't grab it you. Does, no, it doesn't. It doesn't have that hook that really makes you want to binge it and follow it all the way through in a couple of sittings. Well, Chris Pratt basically alluded to the fact that there will be a season two. Well, so. shit. So we're going to have to settle yeah. down, buckle in, and finish it off. Yep. Don't normally talk about anniversaries of album releases or movies or shows but this one i think we owe this one some acknowledgement this past week was the 50th anniversary of the debut of mash one of the greatest tv shows of all time 
Seriously? Yeah. Yep. The day. Oh my God. Yep. 50 years ago last week. Holy crap. Yep. I was one when it started. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I remember growing up one oh one of the few God. one of the few shows that actually ended very very well. Yeah. One of the most watched shows of all time. One of the most fitting ends to a show. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And that they set the standard really. There's been very few shows if any that have ended as well as MASH did. And of course, MASH went through multiple cast changes, handled them so unbelievably well with the death of Henry Blake when McLean Stevenson left, um, you know, Trapper left. Yep. BJ comes in, BJ Honeycutt, Frank Burns. Frank Burns leaves. You bring in David Ogden Styers. I mean, it's just one of those where it just rolled right on through. Yep. Definitely one of the greatest shows of all time. Happy 50th to MASH. No kidding. God, that was some of the best character development in a TV series. The depth that they went into with everybody, personal history, interactions. Yep. And I'm sorry, but some of my favorite episodes involve Colonel Flag. <laughs> oh my God, he was great. He was great. And he'd rope in Hot Lips and Frank Burns <laughs> into his stupid conspiracies. And unfortunately, uh, I think for Alan Alda, he never broke out of that mold, really, of being Hawkeye Pierce. No, every really... character he had had that same type of persona. Well, and he never never had another role in a movie or a TV show that that made him stand out as somebody different. Yeah. All right, other TV news. You into Blade Runner at all? A little bit. Did you watch the last movie with... Ryan Gosling. I did not. Well, Amazon Prime has got a new live action series coming. Blade Runner 2099. Mm. I, I didn't think they should have done. It was better off as just the one off with Harrison Ford and Rutger Hauer. They just should have left it alone as is. I liked I believe it was 2049. I think so. I think so. that's the one with Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford. I liked it enough where I'll be interested to watch this. But yeah, this is one of those properties where they probably would have been better off leaving it alone as a one-off. But again, what do we always say? Hollywood does not have an original idea. They're going to bleed it dry. We talked about Beverly Hills Cop. Axel Foley coming to Netflix. I think this was a concern of yours, and I think your concerns have been alleviated. News came out. Judge Reinhold. Billy is back! John Ashton. Yes! And Bronson Pinchot will yes! all return <laughs> for Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley. 
you know what? I have some semblance of hope for this now that they're bringing it all together. They're I like bringing it. the old band back together. I <laughs> like it. I I I I am looking forward to this now. Yeah. Now of course they're, they're putting now, the of course, effort we're getting in. a little lofty with our expectations, so I know. But at least the effort is being made. It's a good faith effort. Let's put it that way. I meant to bring this up in the movie section. I'll bring it up now. Keanu Reeves has committed to Constantine II. Really? Yes. Hmm. Now, I liked the TV show and the character that they brought over into Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. He played Constantine very well. He's much closer well. to the comic book version of Constantine than Keanu Reeves. Now, I liked the first Constantine, but he Keanu Reeves is not Constantine. No. The guy that, the guy that played him on the TV shows was That's, closer. Yeah. So I don't know why they're doing this. This is, again, another property that they should have left alone, in my opinion. But again, squeeze it dry. Yep. Yep. He's Milk popular again because worth. of John Wick, so why not bring back Constantine, too? So when do we so get where do we get Point Break? <laughs> well, Patrick Swayze's dead, so I guess we can't yeah, do that. but that's all right, because he died in a big wave <laughs> anyway, so go. what does it matter? Jeez. It's not like Gary Boozy has anything better to do. Except dodge the law <laughs> from constant sexual harassment claims and lawsuits. You can tie that into his FBI character. <laughs> All he right. does it's some he's framed for something and and he has to clear him. <laughs> oh god. Now I'm thinking back. Johnny Utah well, we has already to, got a we already got a third Bill and Ted, so that's Johnny <laughs> Utah has to clear his mentor. <laughs> hey Keanu, call us. <laughs> We'll take over as your agents. We're coming up with all sorts of new stuff for you. Oh, God. What, Sweet November 2? Charlie's there on? God. No. All right. Couple. Are, are we going back to Italy with the grapes? Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Couple of stupid lawsuits. Not going to put them in the dumbasses, but they deserve to be mentioned because I find one of them disturbing and one of them ridiculous. All right, Byron Allen has done a really good job from going from a little-known talk show host to being a multimedia mogul. Right. So now all of a sudden he's jumping on the bandwagon of I need to find out and sue for any kind of inappropriate Whatever perceived behavior. slight. Right, there you go. Perceived slight. Good way to put it, Dave. He is suing McDonald's. Oh, my God. For $10 billion. It's stupid. Because he says McDonald's did not buy enough ad time with black-owned 
media outlets. Huh! I would think one of them would be his. Yeah. $10 billion claiming McDonald's didn't spend. Who's deciding who spends how much money? This on is an what arbitrary outlets? crap lawsuit. And I had a lot of respect for him up until when I read this. I really did. Byron Allen seemed like he was actually a really smart, solid guy who kept building his empire the right way. My question is, what did he get into that he needs to have this money to bail him out? He didn't end up being part of the ownership group for the Broncos, did he? Was he competing against them, or is he part of it? I don't know. I know he was involved. He was involved somewhere in there, but... Oh, God. I just want to know, again, one of these lawsuits comes up. I want to know who's going to decide how... Is $1 million, $15 million, a billion enough when they spend a X amount of money you on have advertising to... at a black-owned media company? When do you say... We won't sue for discrimination. That's what I find heinous you, and reprehensible about this. You spend the advertising money proportionately to the viewership. How many viewers are you getting is going to determine how much ad revenue is spent there. If not many people are watching, you're not going to get that much ad revenue. But of course, his argument is how many people. Millions upon millions upon millions of people in the U.S., black people, eat at McDonald's, yet they didn't spend enough when it came to his company or, I don't know, BET TV, whatever, and spend enough money on black-owned media companies when it comes to advertising. But who decides how much is enough? Is there I'm a quota so now? Damn is there a quota now? It's stupid. It's, it's ridiculous. Stupid it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, this is a disturbing lawsuit, and then we move on. What's what's the impetus behind it? And I understand. Again, I think somewhere he was involved We are so damn cynical that we have to wonder what's driving it. All right. Charter Communications, cable company. This seems excessive beyond belief to me, and I'm sorry. It involves a murder. I'm not trying to say anything bad about the value of the life that was taken, but Charter Communications has to pay $1.15 billion. What? Because an employee of theirs, when he was off the clock, went back to a house that they serviced, murdered an 83-year-old woman in order to rob her home. That's bullshit. So the family is getting $1.15 billion saying that Charter didn't do enough to vet. No, no, no. That is absolute crap. Even though he did this, they're saying that he did repairs at the house while he was working for Charter, scouted the place, and then on his own time came back, robbed the place, killed the woman who lived there. So the family that is, sued. No, 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 And I'm no. not trying to, again, devalue this woman's life, but the no. whole charter 
liable for over a billion dollars? That is they ridiculous. Seven. They wanted seven billion. They wanted because they said Charter was liable because they didn't do enough background checks. Oh, that's absolute crap for an eighty. I'm sorry. At what? How do you value lives differently? Exactly. How is an eighty-three-year-old's life worth that much damn money, or somebody whose five-year-old is injured by? Brit fucking read and gets almost nothing out of it. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Something for you kids to think about. That is absolute crap, garbage, stupid thinking. Damn that McDonald's coffee lawsuit to hell. That's exactly something else I was thinking about. That has set this whole thing in motion. This whole frivolous lawsuit bullshit. These two lawsuits I brought up were specifically because I was thinking about how not only O.J. Simpson, but that stupid-ass woman in the drive-thru at McDonald's with the litigious nature of our society now has ruined everything for companies and individuals alike. Nothing's going my way. I'm going to sue somebody to make my money. Take some personal damn responsibility, people. There's a time and place for everything. All right, moment of silence real quick. One One of the original members of the Ocean's Eleven crew passed away. Henry Silva. Oh, Henry. God, a, a character, character actor, actor par none. Right. For the second week in a row, we've got a great Hollywood character actor. And again, one of the original crew in the Frank Sinatra Ocean's Eleven. You ready to play dumbass or not? I am. All right. And I've this got, one's easy. I've got one to finish up then, which is a commentary on society. All right. I'll knock out my four real quick here. All right. Number one, this is easy. It's just another sign of the decline of civilization. Softball. Softball for you. Jimmy Kimmel got a three-year extension for his show at ABC. We'll never get rid of him unless we get him strapped in, front row, plane of doom. Oh, my God. Jimmy Kimmel is the worst. Number two, another talk show host, Trevor Noah, does not like the fact that people are upset. The quote-unquote racist backlash over the casting of Little Mermaid because they've changed Little Mermaid from a white woman to an African-American woman. <clears throat> and what I've always said is... Why do we can have we, to redo Can we do everything Shaft? Let's do Shaft over again. With and, a gay white guy. And see how the African-American community, see how Trevor Noah likes that. And if they're willing to put up with that, I'll shut my mouth. I will shut my mouth. But I guarantee you, the minute they do it, they'll they'll cry racism, they'll cry homophobia, they'll cry whatever they, they can, because you can have it your way, but we can't have it our way. 
Again, that's my litmus test. When we recast Shaft as a white guy, let alone a gay white guy, then we'll see how these idiots like Trevor Noah react. Fair is fair. Leave it alone. Come up with new characters. Do something original. Stop changing existing characters. Come up with new ones if you want more black heroes. Oh, by the way, that leads me into my next dumbass. Of course, coming from the West Coast, UCLA study claims that teenagers look to social media for, quote-unquote, authenticity, and they want more black heroes, and they want more black heroes and more white villains, male white villains, in their shows and movies. And you're telling me this isn't perpetuating hate? And stereotypical crap? Yeah, their study says teens Gee, want... I think throughout the course of everything, there have been more white villains than anything else. Again, I agree with uh... you. It perpetuates a negative stereotype that we're fighting against here. It perpetuates racism. Oh, my God. Then finally, and I'll let you have yours. I always <clears throat> hated Maroon 5. Always fucking oh hated God. Maroon 5. Fucking and now the truth has come out. That prick. Again, neck tattoos. Adam Levine has come out now. Looks like he had an affair with an Instagram model named Sumner Stroh. His wife is currently pregnant with their third child. And Adam Levine actually reached out to Sumner Stroh asking her if he could use her first name to name the baby if it was a oh, boy. Oh, hell no. What a fucking prick. Oh, and there's more stuff coming out. There's other women oh, now coming out. such a douchebag. No, other women now coming out saying he has been flirtatious. He's been making passes. All while he's been married. Having kids with his current wife. Yep, there you go. All right. <clears throat> We didn't talk about it, but there was a rapper, PNB, last week who was out to dinner with his wife at a restaurant. Somebody came in, robbed him of his jewelry, and shot him in the head in front of everybody in the restaurant. Horrible situation. Another rapper, Fat Joe being interviewed and his commentary on it. Fat Joe thought it's okay to rob him, but you don't kill somebody. His quote, I used to, I used to stick people up. I used to rob people. I ain't, be, I'm being honest. Why you gotta kill him? That's the problem that I have, or I'm sorry, no. And that's what bothers me. Didn't have a problem with him being robbed, but had the problem with him being killed in front of everybody in there. The problem is you don't do freaking either. Respect people, respect life, respect their property. 
My God, what is going on? You've got politicians who will not support the police. They undercut law enforcement every chance they get. Stuff like this happens, and you're surprised? But it's okay to rob somebody. Look at the people on the West Coast that are ransacking store after store. store. They do and, the mob. And the security people are told, just let them go. Just mm -hmm. let them go. Because but it's okay stop. to be a villain. It's okay to be the bad guy. It's almost heroic now. It's in okay if you age. steal, but don't kill anybody. How about you don't break the freaking law? Nobody's life should be taken over anything. But my God, show some respect for your fellow man and what they've earned. And the thing is, we've talked about it. I think we're too far gone. I don't know how we get it back. I don't know how we get it back. Because we've got idiot politicians who were brought up in an educational system that decided we're going to let everybody pass, give everybody a oh, trophy. Oh, you, you tried. Oh, good for you. They're not qualified. They're not leaders. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And we're starting to see the fallout now, starting yep. with our genius president on down. And, of course, you and I and everybody out there in podcast land, we got to pay the price. And unfortunately, like you just pointed out, sometimes that price is the ultimate price. Yeah. Absolutely pathetic that. <clears throat> Sorry. Didn't mean to leave you on a downer <sighs> note, kids, but. That's what we're dealing with. That's a weekend edition for you. Check out Clerks 3, STP, Sprung on Freebie. I'm Kev. I'm Dave. We will check you out next week, regular sports frenzy and the weekend edition. Take care, kids.